Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. So I've recently returned from my first trip off the North American continent since 2019. (laughs) I'm really, really excited, and I feel like there was more good healing that occurred. And it was so refreshing to be out and about in the world. Back in 2019, I had this travel whirlwind where I went to Italy. And then later on that summer, I went to Hawaii. And then I went to Australia. And I was really excited. And, you know, as my kids were going to be emptying out of the house, and I was going to be an empty nester, I had all these big plans for travel. And then 2020 happened. So I'm back. I'm mostly recovered from jet lag, and I want to talk about a really important question of what do you need to overcome your anxiety? I'm going to share with you a story that I had. So even though I was really excited about going on this trip, I had some anxiety and I was really stunned. And I was really stunned because back in August, when I was on our family vacation, there were many times I would be like, oh, I cannot wait. September, I am going by myself. I'm going to Europe. It's going to be lovely. It's going to be delightful. And again, not that it wasn't bad, but there were times where we were tired of each other. There were times of getting everybody to agree where to eat for dinner. There were times that my daughters would revert back to their younger selves and their relationships with each other, right? Or there'd be times that I would be annoyed with people or people would be annoyed with me. There's the tension of traveling together in being together for 16 days. And you know, I remember that like when we were all in lockdown and living at home and here are the people I love so much and having that tension. So here I am in August in New England thinking, oh, I can't wait till I travel by myself in September. And we often do that, right? When we're in something difficult, we look at something else with this like fantasy lens of it's going to be delightful. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to have space. And it was a buildup over the past two and a half years to finally like really be on my own. Because back in March of 2020, I had a a trip planned, which got shut down. Then I rescheduled it for end of May of 2020, which I wound up rescheduling for December of 2020, which I rescheduled. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Italy in September of 2021. I was going to go to Tuscany and do a retreat there. So finally in December, I had my first work trip and I went to New York City and it was a few days and I was able to squeeze in some alone time, but that was December of 2021. And so finally in September of 2022, I was going to get on a plane and be gone for a couple of weeks. And the first week I'd be alone and the fantasy was like, oh, I'm going to eat really good food. I'm going to do what I want to do. I had some work I had to do, or I was going to be doing, but I was going to have a lot of other time for me and for what I wanted. And I'd be on a different continent nine hours ahead. So maybe those that I was leaving behind, you know, they would be able to take care of themselves. 
And more, most importantly, the thing that I was really looking forward to was going to have a well-organized hotel room that I was the only one that was going to mess up or keep clean. And I get to explore. So that was the fantasy. You with me? You've probably had those fantasies of like, oh, this is going to be spectacular. This is going to be great. And when we're really far out from it, it sounds fantastic. And then it's like, the reality. So I had kind of looked around for some places to stay and I thought, oh, it's not going to be a problem. I'll just get something booked. It's just me. I can get something booked a week before. I started looking around. Holy moly. It wasn't looking so good. One was the prices had gotten really expensive. Two was when I started to read the reviews, I'm like, "Mm, not quite sure if I want to stay there. So I got into this panic and I remember waking up the Monday before I was going to leave in this panic and dread going, I don't have it all figured out and I just need to cancel my trip. (laughs) I was like, and I wasn't going to, but sometimes I do this. I'm like, I just want to quit. I'm not going to do it. And I was anxious. And I know that sometimes I either over-function or I under-function. This is according to Harriet Lerner's research, right? Like this is what we tend to do. And I like to dress rehearse. I'm just going to quit. And my clients do this, right? This is part of human nature. And that's why I'm sharing it with you because maybe this will resonate for you. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to be able to figure this out. And I kept, because I'd been looking for now a few days and I just couldn't either wrap my brain around just the the poor reviews or how was I going to get there? And especially if I can't speak English and I wasn't going to be renting a car. And so then that became the other problem. So... What I learned from this trip is what helped me get through this because I was panicking, panicking, and I kept saying, no, I must go. I was ending up in the Amalfi Coast and I was like, I must be down there, but I was flying into Naples and, and I really thought about it. I was like, well, I'll just change my flight and I'll come in later. So I'm just there for that second week and I'll skip that first week. But what I did was I started going, hmm what do I need like to feel more comfortable? Right. And it was really about feeling comfortable so that I could go on this vulnerable trip by myself. I'd been there before, but it felt really vulnerable. I haven't practiced it. I haven't been out in the world. So it was really vulnerable. And so I thought, oh, and I found a hotel and this had always been kind of my backup plan. There was a Marriott hotel in Naples. And I thought, okay, worst case scenario, I'll just go there price I thought was a little bit more than I wanted to spend, but that was fine. So I booked that. Then I started thinking, I'm like, who do I know that's been there? Because so years ago, I had a family friend of ours say, don't go to Naples. It's really, really dangerous. Don't go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to steer clear. So I flew into Naples, was picked up and was driven straight to the town of Amalfi. And I had this great Airbnb up until my other part of my trip occurred. Unfortunately, that Airbnb was not available. So I had to have different plans. Then I started thinking in my resourceful brain, once I got out of the panic and have some deep breaths, our brains are resourceful, but we can't really figure it out when we're in this place of fear or anxiety. And so I thought about it. I go, hmm, I know what that one friend will say. She'll say, don't stay in Naples. And I'm like, who else do I know? And I thought about it. I had two friends who actually were in Naples last fall and they were there for about a month and they were there with their professional swimming league, the ISL. And I'm like, oh, that would be actually great to talk with them to see, you know, is it, is it really dangerous? Should I not stay there? And I'll talk to them. So I reached out to both of them. And one of my friends, he's so great. He, 
you know, texted me immediately. And then he called me and he's like, oh no, it's great. It's fantastic. Here's where you want to stay. Cause I said, oh, I have a place at the Marriott. He's like, oh, there's this other place. This is where the Europeans go. You'll want to go there. They have this great rooftop breakfast and you want to get uh, fried pizza, right? He just gave me all these things in these museums. And he's like, Corinne, it, it's old. It's in Naples is an old city, but he's like, it's like any major city, right? And this is what he told me. And so I'm like, oh, and then my mother friend concurred with that. And she's like, you're going to feel safe. You're tall, right? You know, do what you would do normally in a big city. And, and I feel comfortable in big cities. And I have, even though I live in suburbia, I have a little bit of street smarts and stuff. And so like, okay, so I was able to book the hotel that my friend had recommended. He gave me some places to eat and some places to see. And I started to put my plan together. And then I felt so much better. So I was feeling anxious because I didn't know I didn't have a plan. And it's not that I have to have everything all planned out. But I do like to change things and move through, but I like to know like, okay, what's the next step? And so that felt really good. The other thing that I did, and this may not be available for everybody, is when I travel internationally, especially with a foreign country, is if I can have a car pick me up, that just, especially after 23 hours of travel, that is just a beautiful thing to land, to come out of customs and to see my name there. And I go, cause you know, it's kind of interesting. Like there is some trust in this, right? They have your name and you're going off with somebody, but that was quite lovely where I didn't have to maneuver one more bit after 23 hours of travel. So one of the things that I learned and I continue to remind myself the week before, and then throughout my two weeks in Italy was there's a concept I came up with years ago with, for my clients is commit to the best case scenario right? And I'm really pragmatic, right? I remember like, oh, just jump, the net will appear. And when I first started out the show over 16 years ago, there was a lot of that kind of stuff like, oh, just jump, just jump and the net will appear. I have a low risk tolerance. But the reason I'm able to commit to the best case scenario is because I also manage risk, right? So the way I was able to manage risk was I talked to some friends, you know, and I got what their experience of being there. Now, granted, it was a year ago, but that wasn't too long ago. And then the fact that I had a friend who understood the standards of a hotel that I wanted and was able to recommend the hotel that he stayed at. And that made me feel really comfortable. And I was able to book it. The vulnerability is uncertainty, right? Like being uncertain. And is this going to work? Is it not? And I can notice like my perfectionist, like I need to make the right decision comes up. So by having a reference from somebody else, it's like, okay, this is something I can do and I'm willing to test it out. And I always remind myself like, okay, Corinne, worst case scenario, if it doesn't work out, you can go someplace else, right? And if that means that I lose some money, for me, that's a risk that I could do. It's not something I want to do, but I can do. And as I'm talking about this, I'm also being very discerning, like with the money that I spend, there's a certain amount that I want to spend on hotels, or I'm willing to spend on hotels. And there's a certain amount, like, I guess if I'm really, I mean, there were some hotels that were crazy expensive. And I thought, okay, I guess worst case scenario, I can do that. But I also want to know if I was going to spend that money, that it was going to be a really nice hotel. <laughs> so things that I learned was, you know, I need to manage the risk. And that became really important. 
And the other part of the the friends was the common humanity, right? And that's really important because that's a that's a component of compassion. I can figure things out when I'm in a compassionate state. I can't figure things out if I'm anxious or in fear. And so by my friend giving me tips of where to stay, food recommendations, as well as things to see, that also helped me narrow down like all the things that I could do in Naples. Now, another component of managing risks is that when I go to new places, I enjoy exploring by walking. I love to go to cities and walk. It's something that I didn't realize to the significance until probably this trip. It's something that I've been doing now for decades where I would go to a city, I'd go to Chicago and I'd walk around and I'd get a lay of the land and I'd get more understanding of where I was and I would explore. And I just really like having my feet on the ground and exploring in that way. Now, there's definitely some neighborhoods that I need to be on the lookout for. Last year when I was driving through Los Angeles, there were neighborhoods I was glad that I was in a car for. I'm not saying like, you know, go out and just explore. Like there's still the levels of managing risk, but managing risk by walking is one of my favorite things to do. And when I was in Naples after a while and I had been walking and I felt more comfortable. And one of the things I noticed is they had electric scooters and my daughter owns an electric scooter at college and I've not been fond of it, but I decided to rent one because I noticed they had a path for scooters and bikes that was separate. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this out. And it was on my way back. So it wasn't on the outbound where I didn't know where I was going, but it was on the way back. And I only wrote it. My deal was that I would write it just for the duration where there was that pathway. And it was fun. And, and I did that. So I managed the risk that way. In New York, I was there during Omni, when the Omnicrom had happened And I did, so I made a commitment that I wasn't going to take a cab and I walked and I walked the city and I had all the layers and I felt really comfortable. But one of the things that after walking the city quite a bit, one of the things that I started to feel more comfortable around doing was when I got the lay of the land and I found bike paths is I rented those city electric bikes or those city bikes. And I would ride along the bike paths because then it allowed me to explore a bit more of the city further. I was able to ride over to the Brooklyn Bridge and explore that area in the, you know, the southern part of Manhattan Island. But again, it wasn't something I did right in the beginning because that would be too difficult trying to figure out where I am, figure out the traffic, figure out the bike, all of that. That was, I wasn't willing to do that until after I had done exploring and I felt a bit more comfortable. So commit to the best case scenario and manage risk. And then finally, the other key learning that I had was having a plan so that I had touch points of where I was going. I wound up one day going to Capri Island and the night before I figured out the ferry schedule and and I had walked the day before so I knew where I needed to walk, even though I still got lost, but I knew where I needed to walk and it was about a 10 minute walk from my hotel to the ferry. And I bought my ticket ahead of time, that way I had that. And I figured out what time I needed to leave and what time I need to get up. And I like to have that all planned out because that just sets me up for success, right? So that, you know, and I I did get lost that morning going down, but I had enough time and buffer. And I went to Capri Island and then I took a bus to Anticapri. And then I decided I was going to go up to the chairlift, though I was quite concerned because I know I have a huge fear of heights. But I decided, okay, I'm going to walk and I explored. And it's so interesting these towns where oftentimes there'll be walk paths, not roads to homes, 
right? So I kept walking and then I got a bit lost and I asked an Ital- a couple of Italian ladies, they tried to help me and then they found an Italian man. He helped me. I got up there and I explained that I wanted to go this mountain, which I did, but it was different than the chairlift. So then I'm like climbing up this mountainside and I'm not quite sure about this. The path got really narrow. And then after a while, I was like, you know, I'm not really getting there. So I turned around. So I had a plan. I had some touch points and I had to alter it because I thought I'm up in a mountaintop by myself. I don't know what animals are here. I'm leaving. Right. So, but I had some touch points. I knew what I wanted to do. I came back down, got on the bus, strolled around Capri, had lunch, and then went back on my ferry. So the three things that I learned from this trip that maybe will create some windows of possibility for you is when you have resistance, when you have anxiety, take some deep breaths. You know, when you want to quit about something because you're anxious and you're afraid of what may happen or may not happen, take some deep breaths. What's the next step that you can do, right? And how do you manage risk? How do you commit to the best case scenario and manage risk? The way I did it was I booked a hotel that it was a brand that I knew. And as I say that, I laugh because Peter Walsh, who's been on the show many times, one of the things he talked about was, you know, how Americans, we just are so into the brand, right? And it's the, you know, the the brand identification that we do. And as an American abroad, I really lean towards that. Well, I wasn't abroad yet, but going abroad, I lean towards that as the way to manage risk. And then by having that and having a place to stay, I could breathe a bit. And then I was able to think, oh, who else do I know that's been to Naples? And two people immediately popped up and they responded pretty darn quickly. And then I had a new hotel to stay at. I had a list of recommendations and that gave me comfort, right? And then going there, being able to explore by walking. And the beauty of the walking was because when I first got there, there was the language barrier and I couldn't remember like, am I speaking Spanish? Cause I was just in Mexico. Am I speaking Italian? You know, I was trying to remember my college Italian that I took in a different century but by walking, I felt more and more comfortable. And then it was allowed me to go and explore other areas. One of my friends, he had recommended a couple of museums and a church. And I remember walking and I was so grateful that I had a couple of days under my belt before I went over here because I was so much more comfortable. I was still alert and aware, but I was more comfortable. And had I gone there in that first day, I probably wouldn't have been as comfortable. So I just know that the more I do something, the more comfortable I become. So my big takeaway is travel is a great teacher for me, right? It gets me out of my comfort zone and I learned a lot about myself. And I also reverted back to some old behaviors, right? Like that stuff that I had developed out of. And the fun thing was being able to see these old behaviors come back and to be able to not beat myself up, but instead remind myself that, hey, it's a key learning. So when you notice you get into a panic and you want to quit and not move forward, my invitation for you is to ask yourself, what do you need to feel comfortable? And, you know, for example, (laughs) that Monday morning when I was waking up in a panic, my need was like, you need to just cancel this trip and not go. That really wasn't going to happen right? Because I had a back end part of the trip that I was definitely going to do and I wasn't going to be alone. So that was a nice anchor. And I wasn't willing to walk away from, you know, all those plans. And then the other was, well, just change your flight. 
And, you know, the other side of the managed risk was, did I really want to spend the extra money to buy a ticket at that last minute, you know, to change my flight? No. So I allowed that kind of resistance to come up and those stories to come up of like solutions. But the other side was they weren't in line with my values and my discernment for how I choose to spend money. And so as I said, okay, well, why don't we take a look to see what else is out there? And if I'm willing to rebook a ticket at a last minute, would I be willing to pay crazy, ridiculous money for a hotel room instead? Right. And then, then that allowed me to keep taking step and then steps and then steps. And then I started to find solutions that I hadn't realized. And some of those solutions were my friends. A solution was sitting in the car from the airport going, oh, it's really fantastic to have a driver to bring me from, especially in Italy and the driving that goes on. So especially to have somebody come and pick me up and bring me to my hotel. That is such a beautiful thing, especially because it was like at, I think, 1030 at night. Again, I'd been traveling for 23 hours, right? And to not have to go and get a taxi and then to have the language barrier. That part was already decided ahead of time. And for those of you that may think, oh, it's really, really expensive. That actually came in part of the, the booking of my hotel was that driver. So there are ways to go about doing things. It doesn't have to be extravagant. My hotel was rather close to my, to the airport. So that probably also helped as well, but it was one of the perks of me booking this hotel. So, which was cheaper than the Marriott hotel, by the way. Okay. So there's always obstacles and we can also be our own obstacles. And one of the things to remember is we are resourceful. We just have to get ourselves to calm down. So we're not in this panic and this anxiety so that we can figure stuff out. And remember, you don't have to do it alone. There are people in your life that you can reach out to and ask. There are blogs, right? One of the women that I met on my travels, she talked about one of the things she likes to do is read travel blogs. So there are resources out there. But when we are in anxiety, when we're in fear, we forget about that. So that's why it goes back to what do I need to feel comfortable? What do you need to overcome your anxiety? What do you need? to feel comfortable. There's not a right or wrong, right? It's about tuning in to yourself with curiosity and listening and testing it out. There's not a right or wrong answer. And there's no shame in having this occur, right? Having this resistance occur. Resistance happens all the time. I spend a lot of time coaching my clients on overcoming resistance. I spend a lot of time with the aqua monsters whether it's the parents or the kids, there's resistance because we get in a place of fear or anxiety and our brains are really great at telling us really scary stories. And so then that can stop us from what we really want. And as I sit here and say this, remember at the beginning of today's show, I talked about how going to Italy and going to Europe this fall was a part of healing for me right? Having that space, being someplace else, realizing and remembering once again, how big this world is, right? And learning about other people's lives and the different things that they go to, being reminded of that, yes, while we're going through hard times, this is the human experience. When we were in Positano, we had a tour and the tour guide talked about the pirates that had come in and would raid 
you know, they talked about the Nazis that came and it was like, oh, right. There's always these vulnerabilities. There's always these things that we can't control that happen. And while I was in the Amalfi Coast, right, Hurricane Ian was happening. And some of the people I was with, they were on hurricane watch because they had homes or they had family members on target for the hurricane. So we are vulnerable. And the beauty of traveling and and going outside of my day-to-day living is it got me outside of my routine. It allowed me to, again, old patterns to show up. And then it reminded me that I could have key learnings. So my invitation for you is when you want to quit, when you want to give up, when you want to stop, notice what you're feeling. It's probably anxiety, right? Or maybe it's fear. And then what do you need to feel comfortable? There's no shame in that, right? What's that next step that you can take to help manage the risk? And then when you take that next step, for me, it was booking a Marriott hotel. And it was like, okay, I had a place. I knew I was going to sleep. I didn't have to sleep on, you know, the streets. So I had that. Then my brain was able to figure out the problem. Who else could I talk with? And then I figured out my two friends, right? That, my friend, is what happens when we take a deep breath, we manage risk, and we allow our nervous system to relax. All right, I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude and that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. Drifting, never been so wild.